I'm Laura Magnus, and this is the I Dream, I Flourish podcast, where we talk all things womanhood and motherhood. We reflect on bad parenting days, lost identities, glass ceilings, and marriages that are marred by disconnection and resentment. We delve into why it is our duty to wake up, to become conscious creators in our lives, to heal ourselves and our relationships, to own our wildness and our truth, and to thrive. Our conversations are messy, honest, transforming, and beautiful. Thanks for listening. The second month of 2022 is here, and honestly, what just happened? The start of this year has been all kinds of crazy. I have had some pretty big stuff to navigate. My little boy started big school, which was way more loaded and emotional for me than I ever expected it to be. I then had to get through my baby girl's tonsillectomy, which was pretty terrifying given the fact that we had tried to get her tonsils removed in September last year, only to have her on the operating table for an hour and then have the doctors call the operation off because her lungs weren't coping under the anesthetic. I've then had a ton of work, important deadlines, and super strange interpersonal dramas. Now I know I'm certainly not the only one feeling like I need a holiday already. Everyone I speak to has had a really interesting start to the year. In fact, I was speaking to a friend over the weekend who said that she was really feeling as though life had brought her to her knees. And although I had another topic lined up for this episode, I thought back to a piece that I had written about this exact thing a while ago. And it just felt really aligned for me to share it now. So here goes. I have been an avid participator and follower of the self-development industry since I can remember. As an 18-year-old, I had huge pieces of cardboard stuck up on my bathroom wall. On them, I detailed my goals, sub-goals, timeframes and deadlines, and the affirmations associated with each goal. Each day, I would stand in the shower, carefully going through each board and repeating each affirmation five times. I was disciplined, ambitious, and I had a plan. As I worked through my honours year at university, The morning chatter in the lecture hall was often around what the following year held for each of us. Would it be furthered studies, a job, gap year, an unknown? I knew my plan, and there was only one. I had decided that I was going to work for a prominent motivational speaker whose courses and workshops I had attended. He only employed two people, and so on paper, there was very little chance of me getting a job there. But I wasn't entertaining that. My plan was solid and non-negotiable. One afternoon, I went to collect a CD that my mother had ordered from his offices. And when I arrived, I got chatting to his then office manager. I told her confidently that I was coming to work with her. She laughed. I laughed. There wasn't a position going at the time, and it was unlikely that there would be one. She was lovely, though, and so she told me to send my CV anyway. I obliged, obviously. Thinking back, it's the strangest thing. And truly, a testament to the blind faith that comes with naive youth. I never sent my CV to any other company. I never had any other thoughts. I decided that that was the job I was getting. And I did. In the early December, I got an email from the then office manager saying that she was being promoted and they were looking for a new office manager. She asked me to come through for a chat. When I arrived, the said motivational speaker appeared out of his office And his first words were, 
you're really young. Can you do this job? Yes, I can, I responded. There was no uncertainty, no need for me to try and justify why I could do it. I was certain. I could and I would have that job. I started in the January. My vision boards remained behind my bathroom door. They only got added to. My ambitions were big. I was going for gold. Then, in the February of that year, I slipped a disc in my back whilst doing a deadlift at the gym. It was really awful. The pain got worse by the day. I walked around limping and then eventually agreed to a spinal fusion in the June. The operation went all kinds of wrong. I contracted a superbug. I suffered from numerous debilitating, could-not-move spasms every single day. I was in and out of hospital. My wound from the surgery wouldn't heal. And I steadily began to feel more and more lost. The girl with the plan now really wasn't sure what the plan was and if it was the plan that she wanted after all. In the November of that year, I had a second surgery to remove the infected screw from my spine and clean out the deep sepsis that had gathered around my back. A few weeks after the fact, I resigned and boarded an aeroplane to Bermuda where I stayed with a friend who lived there. He was working and so by day, I walked and walked and walked. Walking had felt near impossible on some of the days during the months before that, and so I was in awe of each step that I took. I was grateful for my life, for my healing, and for the lessons and beauty that surrounded me on that island. The millions I was planning to make, the book I was planning on having published, the car I was planning on driving, the knight in shining armor who was going to land in my lap, or me in his, none of that was important anymore. Now, when you take the plan away from the girl with the plan, the girl is lost. Ironically for me, I was lost in the Bermuda Triangle. I truly had no idea what came next. I had no idea what the next goal was, what the next vision board would comprise of, what the next day would bring. I woke up each day, looked at the sky and the sea, put on my trainers and walked. I explored every little town on that island, taking it all in. Then, by night, I danced and danced and danced. When my friend was home from work, we would hop onto his scooter and head into town for a meal, a cocktail, and then we would find the place with the best vibe and we would dance. I've always had music in my bones and dancing feet, and so to be on a dance floor and to be able to move my body to the music without going into a spasm that would last however long it would take for the anti-inflammatory to work was everything. I was lost in the Bermuda Triangle, but goodness me, was I also found. Because when the girl with the plan is stripped of her plan, she uncovers the very essence of who she is. That is the thing about the moments in our lives when we are brought to our knees, when we are hurting, lost and tired. If we choose, it's there, on our knees, that we reconnect with the very essence of our soul. When we are out of the rat race, out of the pressures of the to-be's and to-do's and to-have's, we truly have the opportunity to sink into who we really are. Again, if we choose. The opportunity to reconnect with who we were before we were boy, girl, prefect, an academic, a sportsman, rich, poor, fat, 
husband, a girlfriend, a mother, a wife, a friend, a doctor, a lawyer. Before we were defined by our roles, our responsibilities, demographics, successes or failures. Before we were told who we should be and what we should want. When we are brought to our knees, we have the incredible gift of realigning with our soul and being guided from that place again. My journey through the winter of postpartum depression and all that it entailed brought me to my knees once again. And I fought it and toiled with it and put whatever energy I could muster into finding the solution in the form of a doctor, a pill, a miracle. Then eventually the energy ran out. I had nothing more to give. I had run out of ideas of things to try, lost hope in a doctor that could figure this all out. I was well and truly on my knees again. My healing truly began when I accepted that I was on my knees and that it was there that I needed to pray, to quieten my mind, feel my heartbeat, and simply listen. Then, when I heard my soul speak, to take action that was aligned with what my soul was guiding me to do. You see, most of us live our lives with a constant lingering for more, a constant feeling that something is missing. We chase the next promotion, the next pay rise, the next luxury vehicle and the next best house. And then when we have those things, we chase again and again and again. We spend our lives trying to fill the void and find the missing piece. There are few people who are lucky enough to realize where the missing piece is before life brings them to their knees. And then there are a few of us who are lucky enough to connect with the missing piece when we are brought to our knees. And then there are the millions of other people that still just chase, trying to fill the gap that they believe the next luxury vehicle will fill. I have really come to believe that the thing that is missing is a knowing and a connection with who we really are. We tend to live on the surface of life and we don't let ourselves sink into it. When we have a headache, we take a painkiller. We don't work on releasing the tension that caused the headache in the first place. When we put on weight, we go on a diet. We don't work at healing the feelings we were eating or the emptiness that we were trying to fill. When we are anxious, we have a drink or we take a pill. We don't resolve the unrelenting stress that is causing the anxiety. When we don't feel good enough, we buy another outfit. We don't heal the programming that caused the negative self-belief in the first place. We fix the surface. We make our lives look good from the outside and the more we do that, the more lost we feel. The more we feel that something is missing, the more we feel that there must be more. And the truth is, there is more. There is an incredible fullness that comes with following your heart. There is unfathomable magic in living your truth. There is joy beyond in living from a place of purpose. It is in connecting with who you really are, the you that you can't describe with words. That you can live from a place of depth, passion, purpose, bravery, confidence and authenticity. This connection has been the greatest treasure and I found it on the floor when life brought me to my knees. I no longer have smart goals that are filled with pressure or something to prove. 
Instead, I have intentions that gently guide me to the circumstances, experiences, people and places that feel aligned. I now manage my time with discipline, but again, not from a place of pressure, but rather from a place of respect for myself, for what I need, and for the space that I want to exist in. I now say affirmations, but they aren't written on sheets of cardboard that I stuck up on my bathroom wall. They are written in some sacred place in my head and my heart, and they present themselves when the time feels right for me to affirm them. I now make decisions that don't always make sense logically or factually, but I make them because they feel right. This is the more that so many of us spend our lives looking for, never realizing it's always right there. We can become so disconnected from our very core, soul or truth that finding our way back and reconnecting can feel so overwhelming. I want you to know though, that you don't need to wait for life to bring you to your knees in order to uncover the essence of you again. You just need to look for the little girl that you used to be. There was a time when you existed without fear of judgment, without being told to be less bold, to tone it down, to fit in, to please others, and to seek approval. When I look at my daughter, her entire being is a window to her soul. She is all soul. She has a joy, a simplicity, a knowing, and a bravery that is pretty spectacular. She is just so much of herself. She is truth. It's an interesting thing about second children. Generally, they seem to be a little more wild, a little more outspoken, a little more free. I think that a large part of that comes down to the fact that we as parents worry less, restrict less, We don't box them in as much. We leave far more room for them to be more fully themselves. This isn't an intentional or even conscious decision on our parts as parents. I think it's mainly a function of being too tired to care and in too much chaos to even try and control it. There's a little bit of good in everything, right? But I digress. So, if you are feeling a little lost or empty and you are trying to find that missing piece, Find a photograph of the little girl that you used to be. Look at it often and let her help you to remember and to reconnect. She is always there. You are always there. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast. You can also head over to www.lauramagnus.co for free ebook downloads, more information on the I Dream, I Flourish program and planner and other ways to work with me. I really am so excited to see and feel this community of rising women emerging. I will share again soon. Until then, dream, inspire, thrive.